Welcome to Cabot Coverage, the podcast where three sisters and a beloved family friend discuss the crime-solving adventures of mystery novelist Jessica Fletcher on Murder, She Wrote. I'm Susanna. I'm Megan. I'm Glynis. And I'm Ashley. And this week we're discussing School for Murder, which is episode 19 from season 11 and originally aired on the 30th of April, 1995. We have two writers for this episode. One is Robert Brennan, who's written one episode, This Is It. And the other is Gerald slash Jerry Ludwig, who's written seven episodes. And the ones he's written that we've covered are The Murder Channel, Murder in High Sea, and The Secret of Gila Junction. <laughs> Susanna's favorite. <laughs> I don't know I <laughs> I just like every time we talk about Murder in High Sea. I'm uh, going to kill you, Andrea. <laughs> so bad. Yep. Yeah, that's a good one, though. Okay, so school for murder. So Jessica, so apparently there's a very fancy schmancy private boarding school we've never heard of. This mm-hmm. just outside Cabot Cove uh, that Jessica is doing a bit of teaching at, I think is just like a goodwill thing. Apparently she's very good pals with the headmaster, Dr. Miles Purcell, played by Roy Dotris. And so she's coming to teach a little bit. It's a goodwill thing, but she's got like her own desk set up. I know, but this is, (laughs) so she's also really good pals with Professor Harry Matthews, who's played by Robert Foxworth, who is essentially hoping to take over the headmaster role now that I guess you meant to assume Dr. Purcell's retiring. (laughs) But the trouble for Harry is that he's in competition with a couple of other teachers, namely Avery, quote unquote, the creeper Nugent, played by Scott Marlowe, who's just kind of an I don't think we find out that much about him, but he's a teacher with a sort of gambling addiction and lots of problems, as well as James Ryerson, played by Nicholas Cerevi, who is, I guess, a relatively new teacher to the school, but his ex-girlfriend, Claire Vickers, played by Marianne Plunkett, is Harry's current girlfriend. So Harry and Jim do not like each other very much, and they are all competing for the headmaster role. Another teacher at the school is a the music well, teacher. Well, they're all for the headmaster role and arguably her affection. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, Glennis, you're right. And then we have the music teacher who's Irv Tripler, played by Richard Mick- Mickenberg, who is sort of well-known for writing a really famous song. And now he teaches the <laughs> kids at... Um, the school is called St. Crispin's Academy. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yes. So yes. the school, so while the headmaster race is going on and that's getting, it sounds like kind of nasty, um, <laughs> there's been some thefts happening at the school and the students are involved in a soci- secret society called the Society of Prometheus <laughs> that is being led by rich boy Colin Forbes, put by Trevor St. John. And essentially, it's like they—they're kind of stealing these things, but mostly for his benefit. Also involved in the society is local boy Mike Saracino, played by Ethan Embry, who is from Cabot Cove. His father's a fisherman, so we know he is struggling to fit in with the wealthy kids of St. Crispin's. Mike has a girlfriend called Sarah Tyler, played by Dana Barron, who seems pretty supportive and isn't really. <laughs> forcing him to be a part of the society or anything, but Mike and Colin keep sort of butting heads and Colin sort of bullying him. But anyways, so Mike was involved in the the theft of a quote-unquote laptop computer, which we hear quite a lot about, uh, <laughs> but it was for Colin. That, so Colin's sort of holding that over Mike's head to get him to steal like test papers and stuff for Colin. Also here, we have obviously Mort Metzger, uh, played by Ron Masick, and Deputy Andy Broom, played by Lewis Hertham, because they're investigating the thefts on campus, which they think Mike is involved in, but they also think that someone, that Colin's really involved. So there's a lot of toing and froing on that. It's then announced that James Ryerson is going to get the headmaster role which Harry reacts poorly to only to (laughs) then have James Ryerson be murdered. The kids find him when they're breaking into the teacher's lounge. 
Anyways, it turns out James Ryerson was like blackmailing everybody on campus. So he was, you think he's blackmailing Avery Nugent, but I guess maybe Avery's the one he he wasn't blackmailing, but he was blackmailing Miles Purcell to give him the headmaster role because he knew that when Miles was a teenager, he'd committed a, he'd been driving under the influence and he'd disabled um, a girl in that accident. And he also was blackmailing Irv Tripler because it turned out Irv Tripler wasn't Irv Tripler. He was some guy that had been friends with Irv Tripler who had actually died 14 years ago. And this guy was taking the money from his like royalty checks for the famous song that he'd won a Grammy for. Anyways, so he got sick of James holding that over his head and killed him with the gold record that he had of that because it, the thing that pushed him over was James said he, if when he took over the headmaster role, he was going to cut the music program. <laughs> and that upset Irv. Um, also the mix, like Claire considers giving James like sort of sexual favors in exchange for him not like being mean to Harry in the race because James had like stolen all of Harry's ideas and all the, there's a lot of stuff going on here. Um, I feel like there was so much incident in this episode <laughs> We've just touched like the very tip of the iceberg on what happened. But yeah, so Irv is the murderer. Jessica solves it. Harry ends up becoming the headmaster, as I guess was right. Anyway, so there's a couple of fun facts for this episode. <laughs> Ethan Embry and Dana Barron. So this is Ethan Embry played Mike and Dana Barron played Sarah. Both played Griswold children. So Dana originated oh the role of- Oh my God, they of, did. <laughs> Dana originated the role of Audrey Griswold in National Lampoon's Vacation from 1983. And Ethan Embry later was to play, so that happened before this episode. Ethan later played the fourth actor to play Rusty Griswold in Vegas Vacation from 1997. <laughs> and the other fun fact is very oddly for this series this episode features a cold open instead of the usual tonight on murder she wrote oh you're right oh, yeah so the cold open being the kids uh stealing the william shakespeare statue yeah i forgot about that huh. those are good ones okay so school for murder saint crispin's academy for wayward children <laughs> there's a lot happening here i mean as per usual these aren't technically cabot cove teens only mike is i mean but they weren't as bad mm -hmm. i have to say they weren't the prometheus guy is oh that that was tough but mm. yeah but he's so transparent like it's one of those things where it's like Mike and Sarah see through him almost like right away and all the time. It just doesn't benefit them to always go against what he's saying. So they sort of have to, but he's made to be so like, cause I didn't see him as threatening, like almost at all. Like everything he said, it was just like, Oh, was, as soon as Mike tells Jessica or somebody, he did like, you kind of waiting for him to be creepy with Sarah or to like, yeah, he does yeah. trip Mike at one point, but you're waiting for him to like hit him. And he ne he never does yeah. any of that stuff. He just sort of, he's not like violent. He's well, just kind of. His like threat to, um, oh God, the teacher where he's like, oh, well, like my grandpa, like when you're head, like headmaster, you're still going to have to deal with my grandpa. It was like, like he had no like real like backing or like, <laughs> <laughs> right yeah i mean in this one it's like the adults the teachers are i thought like way worse than like yeah. <laughs> oh yeah because the kids all have a sort of sense of like because everybody has a clear motive colin's trying to get into harvard without getting right. in trouble at school he's just trying to pass the test mike's just trying to graduate so that his you know because his dad's paying for him to go here and he wants to probably go to college sarah's like the same right and yeah i mean i thought it, like and then you get to the adults oh my god and they're like 
getting so drunk during the day that they can't remember hurting themselves, that they're going up to an ex-boyfriend and basically being like, what do I have to do to get you to like leave? Like over a headmaster's job. And he drove away. Like after he was like sitting on the ground, like drunk next to the car, he like gets in the car and drives away. Well, and like he, so he's going for this headmaster role and he, he like, basically calls them all losers he's like mm-hmm. oh, you're fighting over this role we're aging losers and i was like what so, and then you're just so upset about this that you're drinking next to your car and you know like megan says gets in the car and then drives off like it's crazy the shenanigans and claire it's like does claire work there is she a teacher like i didn't quite follow that it's like she's so just gross. so and the way ryerson talks to her it's so upsetting it's so upsetting and you're like these are adult people yeah when we know that like ryerson stole matthews's like ideas <laughs> you're just like okay well then you're gonna have to come up with something else like you know if you know that this is what's happened and but it's like that's never an option yeah. <laughs> like i'm gonna sulk about it i'm so curious about their ages also he tries to hit avery in the when he thinks avery's the one who would oh, like yeah, stole his yeah. work and spoiler alert avery hadn't done anything <laughs> so he tried to punch an innocent man yeah no that was wild <laughs> The whole his whole story about that he got drunk, and he's like, "I woke up in my car somewhere out on Route 17." I'm like, "What in the world?" (laughs) (laughs) Well, and also when we find out later that a different member of the faculty at St. Crispin's had um, paralyzed a girl in a drunk driving accident, and like, "Oh, so we've had another teacher now drunk driving." We've had this very serious consequence from the other thing. Surely that's a fireable offense like when Mm -hmm. Purcell finds out about that he's gonna be Mm -hmm. like you're gone so yeah like not great and oh so this was the episode that Glennis kept repeating the line and what she kept repeating was laptop computer (laughs) 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 so every time they said laptop computer she went oh not the laptop computer (laughs) it brought up quite a bit (laughs) i think it was after like the fifth time they'd said it in the in a row he's like i have the laptop computer and he then everybody's like not the laptop computer (laughs) you said you wouldn't do that with the laptop computer and then the other guy uh, your prints are all over over the laptop computer so when I turn in, when the laptop computer ends up in your possession I was just like am I hearing this right <laughs> surely at a certain point they could have replaced laptop computer with it yeah right yeah, yeah. no they wanted you to know you know it's a laptop <laughs> computer yeah, but that was funny, and all because the bit where he's like wiping the fingerprints off the laptop computer, and laptop um, computer. that bit was funny too because that was a bit where Colin, I think, thinks Mike's killed Ryerson, <laughs> and he's like, well, "I'm not gonna ask any." Que-. That did make me laugh when he's like, "I'm not asking any questions. Like, I'm fine with it." <laughs> Mike's like, yeah. "You think I killed Ryerson?" He's like, "Well, I don't know. I don't care." He's like, "Either way." <laughs> Yeah, so you got the laptop think, computer back. Got the laptop computer, which I did think was pretty funny. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, it's a wild episode. It's, yeah, and then Glynis is saying because in that scene, Colin's getting undressed for the reasons that are never explained. <laughs> That's like, true. and. Glynis was like, he's got a full chest of hair. Like, how old is this guy? (laughs) He can't possibly be 17 years old. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I felt like he was older. And then he just, I mean, it's like, oh, the kids shenanigans. And they're like worried about Mike and all this. But it's like, yeah, everyone else is so insane at the school. that like, <laughs> oh, no. The kids are like the most well-adjusted. The adults are just like, 
I mean, they're having a love triangle. They're fighting. They're physically fighting each other. They're having gambling problems. You know, right. it's just committing fraud. No, <laughs> you're right. When he gets in that fight with the other teacher on school property in front of students, like that's a <laughs> giant no-no. Well, like the fact that this clearly like hot-headed guy hasn't been fired like nine million years ago is like insane. Yeah, that's true. And also, like, Ryerson's so gross. And then, so gross. So gross. And, like, gross with Claire, but he calls himself a lover too many times. Mm. And she's like, and that's not the reason I broke with you. It's like, <laughs> broke with you? What? Also, how old are all these people? Like, yeah, and I just, he comes running up all sweaty in his tracksuit. He's just been Ugh. playing racquetball with those other two bobos. <laughs> <laughs> They're all off playing racquetball together. Everybody's I mean, been playing racquetball. Glittis was like laughing because, yeah, the bit where Ryerson says, oh, you just wanted a father figure about yeah. Matthews. And it's like, you guys are all old as hell. So yeah. I don't know what, why you're pointing fingers at that He's guy. Young hunk. Such yeah. a young buck. He's <laughs> like some old man. Yeah. Ever since no, you wanted a father figure and not a lover. Like, what? okay, yeah, I don't know how old they are, but like, maybe she wanted a more stable relationship than someone who's in their 40s or 50s calling himself a lover everything and he's like you are a very desirable woman or he says something mm-hmm. i mean like everything he said was so gross i also thought he was a gym teacher yeah glittis went, why is the gym teacher going for the headmaster role because when we first see him he's in like gym clothes <laughs> he was, oh oh history he was history but it also it's like I think the coach could go for the headmaster role why not <laughs> They just, they just they just tend to be like either part-time positions or positions that are then shared with well i know we i think when it was glennis is like i know what you mean it's like we didn't really know who this was we were, we're introduced to characters in this like sort of scattergun way of where it's like just people entering scenes and then you're hearing about people and then they come in later and you're like i don't who anybody is and the thing that's funny with Ryerson and Claire and Matthews is like the stuff going on with them you're right it's like you would normally think that would be like the behavior of teens and these what's coming out of their mouths like the stuff like this is coming out of the mouths of like 50 year olds who are dressed in nothing but poo brown and beige you know (laughs) and it's just like these sort of fuddy-duddy people going around going, you didn't want a lover, you wanted an old man or whatever. And it's just like, what? We, you two had, what? <laughs> I can't understand the dynamics of any of this. No, it was really confusing. Oh, and wait, and was the guy that was the current headmaster, was he from Borby House? Yes. So he is um, the, like, guy that wrote the vampire book. Right, okay, okay. I thought he looked familiar. But yeah, and he, I mean... And how did Ryerson find out all this stuff? I mean, I know they gave, like, like how did he find out about the accident? I know they said he'd seen Irv Triplett perform before. So so I'm going to ask a question, and I don't mm-hmm. want to be offensive, but I'd like, a, I'd like a real answer here. It's like, does anybody care that much about, like, you sort of position in a private high school like this when Claire made this point as well. I would have thought if you wanted a headmaster role and you didn't get one in the school you were in, you would go to another private school and apply Uh there. Uh So the effort on the extortion to get this job, it's like, but I I, with those headmaster roles, like, they don't come along that often. And so it may be like, it, it's either someone like retiring or. I guess you're right. If you like living in the town. Yeah. Cause I think you're right. I think you probably do have to kind of be willing to move or, you know, be somewhere well, else. If, if Ryerson's then going to be the headmaster and he already hates him. Then having to stay at a school that you like with a terrible boss for the next what's retirement like 20 years i guess so i mean i guess what i'm saying is for ryerson 
he went to so much effort to get blackmail stuff on everybody. And his end goal was to be the headmaster, but he was only doing it to spite Matthews. And it's just like, oh, that's a lot of trouble to go through just to kind of like burn your ex-girlfriend's new boyfriend. (laughs) Your (laughs) ex-lovers. You're right. Uh, We get it. You guys like did stuff fine. In your beige pantsuits. Yeah, I don't know. It's just a really wild episode. I like, I enjoy this one because I do the first, I think of the premise. Prometheus Club and that stuff in Ethan Embry but I also can picture him like lying drunk next to the car pretty distinctly like (laughs) honestly that well and and I want to say it it, no shade to like gym teachers or anything like that it was just no it was just so funny of him like running up in the tracksuit like your job is mine like but yeah I do love on shows um like this is when they yeah they like run up just to say something mean and then like run away yeah (laughs) okay i was surprised by it because i'd never seen that trope but the scene where he's sat next to the car drinking because it's like midday right been in this career for a while surely have had to like deal with you know difficulties and challenges and like feedback and for him to react in such an immature way of like i'm gonna go and get absolutely plastered (laughs) on company time i'm assuming well then and with matthews it's like does he want to keep his girlfriend like he's kind of not that nice to her like over the course of the episode well what, what else does he say when he's by the car when he after he calls himself an aging loser like that like he's got nothing going for him and like sort of implies that the oh right because he overheard ryerson and her having a chat but he only heard the end bit so he thinks he thinks right which it's like but then she just runs away instead of just saying like look he's a big creep but i'm not gonna do it i wasn't gonna do it yeah well but also if she was like that's a huge sacrifice she's making for this guy and it's like shouldn't he know that that she was willing to do you know what i mean like because that's kind of messed up and maybe they should talk about stuff i don't know sure yeah (laughs) i mean you know i don't know this sounds like some problems there there was also the element of the fact that those faculty members had a hell of a party in the staff room right oh and that staff room was yeah beautiful Huge, yeah. beautiful, and they partied down. I'm surprised we didn't see like Coke on the table or something like that. It did feel like that. And it was catered, like. And I also wanted to know what Jessica was drinking because it was like bright red. Um, mm. I was like, is that jungle juice? Like, did you guys ever have that in college? <laughs> She's got like a big scorpion bowl or something in front of her. She's like, like I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, it's like Kool Aid and vodka and whatever. College students who they are acting like college students who have like you know dated the same person back to back no well right I mean when I think of like I'd like to think you'd be able to handle a breakup better than like any of these people seem to have handled it but I mean I guess Claire doesn't really do anything wrong she just has I guess sort of poor choice in men because both of these guys Mm, seem fairly awful I mean, Matthews is like, we know he's fun because at the beginning, he's not going to like get mad at them for stealing the William Shakespeare statue. He just wants them to replace it. Right. right. And he's like, oh, I'm in on the joke. Like, I'm a fun guy. I'm a fun teacher. Yeah, yeah you're real fun. He's like, he's like, listen, at the drop of a hat, I am going to punch another teacher in the face and like get really drunk by my car. But in this moment, it's right. pretty light. I'm having a nice time. <laughs> Right, and they didn't really show like enough engagement with him and the students where you'd be like, oh, wow, I really like this guy or he's mm-hmm. the good. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, Ryerson's like clearly evil. Um, right. But here's my thing with Ryerson. In that scene where he's teaching the class, like the only indication we get that he's like a quote-unquote bad guy is like in that scene is that he's teaching the art of war. But, <laughs> right. But... Colin misbehaves in his class and I think he has an appropriate reaction yeah. to that like he doesn't he's not horrible to the kid I mean he's horrible to the other teachers and stuff but it's like 
I feel like we should have had him be more menacing. You know, do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, but that like we disliked like... by everybody. Or yeah. Something. Or like the yeah. coax him in, coax Colin into bribing him or something like uh-huh. that. Like, yes. Oh, I could, you know, yeah. that test for a small fee or something. Yeah. Well, that would be more on brand. But, and also the other thing is we don't like Colin. So yeah. by default, we probably like Ryerson better than Colin in that moment because Colin's a jerk and he's being mean to the nice kid. So it's mm-hmm. nice, but annoying, you know, they're like, oh, yeah. I mean, Mike is like, talk about someone that is not helping themselves. Like, <laughs> you know, he, he has Jessica at his beck and call. And a nice girlfriend. Yeah. And a really nice, adorable girlfriend. I just remember that actress from she. She was on nine hundred two and zero, and Brandon dated her, but she was like a freshman when he was a senior. And right, there was a lot the of a sophomore. Oh, sophomore. Okay, yeah, yeah. That was a good. That was a good run she had. Wait, yeah. So she was too young for him. And people were like, oh, like you know, they gave yeah, they really were ragging on him. Poor old Brandon. <laughs> there was this thing one time when we were watching 90210 and we were watching a scene where it was like the you know when they moved to San Francisco this is like late season late late later seasons like I think it's Brandon moves to San Francisco someone does or they are visiting or something and there's a scene where someone is like outside of the house while two people are talking and hears like every word of what they're saying. Mm. And then the next scene, someone walks out of a room and the two people in the room then <laughs> talk about that person and that person doesn't hear them saying. And I remember watching it with Megan and Megan going, I can't understand this show. When can people eavesdrop and when can they not? <laughs> <laughs> So good. Oh my god, it's so true. I mean, yeah, if there's like in real life, if there's like a commotion, I can't really like hear usually from my inside my house like what's happening. Right, right. Oh my god, the last night there's this like huge thud, but and I thought, oh, it's an earthquake, but the ground didn't move. And I was like, okay, this is really weird. And I was like, I don't want to open my back door. (laughs) It was nighttime, and so I was texting my neighbors like what the hell was that making sure it just wasn't me you know and they're like oh yeah we heard it too we don't know they th- they think it was like raccoons jumping across oh, the roofs and wrestling oh, but yeah it was kind of alarming i was like is there something in my backyard <laughs> jumping across the roofs and wrestling yeah <laughs> it was, it was that is also an insane thing. Oh, one time said. I was sleeping. I mean, the you, foxes do it. You know, there's that little aisle way behind my bed, you know, like on the outside. Yeah. And one t- early on when I moved in, I I hear something like moving in that walkway. Oh. And I'm like, great. Someone's come for me. And then I realized what it was. It was like a raccoon trying to scale the gate and then just like thump off. Oh, <laughs> like, I mean, it was. Well, that was that's with the wrestling part. This is a really funny story, and then we can get back to the episode. But um, my parents uh had like a rental house in the Outer Sunset, like forty seventh and something, and they had um there was a space between the roof, the ceiling of the of the oh. unit, and then this the roof. And I don't know if the roof was like pitched mm-hmm. or I don't know what that was. And this woman, this tenant they had was like pretty high strung and she was like taking a bath and she hears all this commotion go on above her. The ceiling caved in and these two raccoons fall into the tub with her and they're just wrestling. She she, like went nuts. Like she just was already high strung, like not obviously no one's gonna be easy going about this, but like it was just the wrong person to have it happen to. And then like the raccoons like scurry scurry out. She's like trying to get them out of the house. I don't know what I would do. He moved out immediately just yeah. (laughs) Well Um, I mean obviously. (laughs) And then my parents were like, I don't think property management is our forte. And they immediately got out of that too. Cause they're just like, we don't know what to do. That is, I mean, it's quite unusual to 
for a woman, anybody, to be in a bath and have two wrestling ra- raccoons <laughs> land on top and just of fall them. inside. I yeah. just love, love that they're wrestling with each other. There's a lot of raccoons in San Francisco. They yeah, they're like to get up to naughty stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess they're heavy too. They're like big animals. They got like big butts, like big yeah. backsides, you know? Yeah. I just, wow. I, this, that scene, like I heard them falling in her lap, water just everywhere. Her like, drywall, paint, just, like everything. Just needing like, a couple <laughs> seconds to realize that this isn't a dream. What this is, is happening. Reality. Did she get like scratched and stuff or was she okay? I think she was okay. Um, you know, you never you never hear the follow-up to that story. Right, right, you know, right, right, right. I was only like two or three. You just hear the the part of it and then that's that's the end of it. So oh we're not God. sure. I'm not sure. I do know she she did move out, you know. Yes, she was yeah. okay. No, yeah, she was okay. Because <laughs> they, you know, I have the fences around. So I'm always like, how do things get back there? But I've had a skunk in my backyard. And one time I heard like, crinkling and I was like what is that noise it's nighttime like I shouldn't check but I have to and then I go look and there's like a raccoon sitting there just eating like chips <laughs> and not made it in the trash staring at you yeah eating he's chips. like oh I was like cool <laughs> you go you go ahead with what you're doing sir you want Evening, some salsa yeah. <laughs> yeah I know it was really it was creepy because I'm like I can hear this noise you can hear someone eating chips in your backyard and and you're like like... i'm right here my (laughs) chips are on the sofa next to me (laughs) you pass the guacamole thank you (laughs) it's alarming but yeah i know (laughs) (laughs) they're just very arrogant too they're like crows in the sense that like you know that they're smarter than you and they have hands so it's oh, just yeah, they, yeah, they do. They have little handies to like <laughs> fight each other and wrestle. And <laughs> I do love those videos of like people having like pet raccoons and they like to clean things. And so yeah. they'll like be cleaning stuff in like, like little buckets. So <laughs> they'll take their toys. I don't think it's actually cleaning, I'm sure it's for some other animal actual yeah. thing yeah. yeah and they're just like dunking their balls in and like using their little weird hands to like oh grow. my god but the thing is they're like really vicious animals yeah like, they're, they're so be. naughty so it, yeah i wouldn't recommend having one as a pet just as like a public service announcement <laughs> I think not, not great um okay should we go to the beats yeah yeah all right, yeah. Thunder Weather, no. Secret Door's Closet Hiding, no. Poisoning, bludgeoning, uh, Ryerson was bludgeoned. With the record? Yeah, that's what he hit him with, <laughs> is the record. Why did it break? Maybe it's quite hard plexiglass or something that that was in. Uh, phone wire cut, Harry wasn't answering his phone for a spell. A lot of really loud phones. Or was that yeah. the last episode? One of these episodes, I was like, these phones are oh, so loud. It was this one. Because when Harry's not answering his phone, you're like, how can the other teachers stand this? Just <laughs> yeah, answer like, your phone. I'm going crazy. I right. just start like yanking it off the wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like pick it up and smash it against Basically. the wall. Like, but, and so they're calling him nonstop. He literally like gets up and goes to the door in the back. Like, if the headmaster had been calling him eight times to bring him into his office and it's only just there. I know, right. but and then he makes Jessica answer it for him, which isn't great. Uh she shaking no window peep. We have a lot of looking through the shuttered windows of the classrooms and stuff. Fake name ID. So Avery Nugent is the creeper mm, and yeah. Irv Tripler was Joey Mallow. Yes, that's what, yeah, I couldn't remember the last name, but yeah. Hotel pianist Joey Mallow, who befriends. Like quite the, but he didn't kill Irv Tripler, right? He, oh, they no, were just no, friends. he said, when he even said he used the money from okay, the royalties good. to pay for the students to do like activities and things like that. So he tried to use it in a way that he thought Irv would like. I mean, he was kind of a sympathetic guy, 
Um, but he had then been committing this fraud. Mm-hmm. But it sounded like he was a good teacher too. It was just he, you know, it's quite a quite a serious lie. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, pretty sophisticated too to be able to get away with it. Well, right, and yeah, okay. So we had that. We had buzz slash cop quirk. And cop chemistry don't really apply here because it's more, so it's just more, there's no cop chemistry, they're just friends. Uh, Businessy business private schools. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Very exclusive one, too. And Prometheus. Prometheus. Yeah, oh yes, lest we forget the Society of Prometheus. (laughs) Hail Prometheus. (laughs) (laughs) But any of that means, I don't know. No, and why was it the, you know what, I, I, we don't need to, I don't know. Right, why Prometheus of all things? It's just like. So I Heart Hartley was a no. Age ain't nothing but a number. Okay. Oh boy. So let's get the ones we don't care about out of the way. Deputy Andy Broom, not that we don't care about him, but you know what I'm saying. Deputy Andy Broom, 39. Mort Metzger, 59. Miles Purcell was 72 and Irv Tripler was 41. So for the rest of our sort of lovers (laughs) triangle, Claire Vickers was 42. James Ryerson was 51 and Harry Matthews was 54. (laughs) Oh, and and sorry, Avery Nugent was 63. So when um, Harry Matthews was going to punch him in the face, he's going to punch a man that was 63 years old in the face of one of a bunch of students. (laughs) As a 54-year-old man himself. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, none of them, I don't want to be mean, but they all look older than what you said. I yeah. wrote that there was a lot of really fun facial hair going on in this episode. That was yeah, that's true. A yeah. lot. Um, and then for our teens, Colin Forbes was 24. Okay, that checks out. Sarah yeah. Tyler was 29. Really? Oh, she was? Wow. Yeah, and Mike Saraceno was 17. Okay. So he was the only one that was actually in high, yeah. school, high school age. Because I feel like this was like right around the time that like his sort of like schoolboy high school portrayal kicked off yeah it was probably just right before that because he was in all those teen movies kind of in the late 90s early 2000 well he's in empire records oh of course he was in empire records i felt like this was right before empire records when did this come out yeah empire records is 95 95. so same year so he's really young can't hardly wait is 98 yeah so yes yeah, so he would have only been 20 and can't hardly wait i mean he looks young he looks yeah i would see sarah tyler looks young too i was surprised she, does. That she, she, was... she has that baby face but... yeah she's very cute um so the jonathan scale mike question mark uh, you know he's got a catering job he's yeah He's sort of pulling it together. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't find him as annoying. No, as, me neither. Or creepy, if we go the other direction with the David Tolliver. So. Mm, no, he definitely wasn't a creepy guy. Yeah. He had a really cute girlfriend. So. Yeah, no, he, he was okay. He just, yeah. Yeah. Probably could have gotten himself out of the situation more easily, but, you know. He's mm-hmm. also, I guess, if you think he's only meant to be 17, he was trying to kind of solve it himself. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, he's actually yeah. a kid, unlike that other yeah. guy who was 37. Like, right, Nikki. Right. He's a young kid. Or if we remember back to not Horatio, what was his name? Horace, who was like 50. Horace was, he was supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so these days, we have Sarah and Mike, but not really. Also, I guess you could have Claire and Matthews or Claire and Ryerson. I mean, God, pick your poison. Petite feet, no. Okay, glamour shots. Here was the bit I wanted to get to. So we do have Miles Purcell has a lovely portrait of himself in his office, I think. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. more importantly, in Mort's office, behind him are two portraits. One is, I think, a picture of him, and I can only assume his real-life wife, because he looks fairly young in the picture. But you never see it, like, in focus. And on the other side of his shoulder is, I think, a portrait of the queen. (laughs) 
All right, now I gotta go back and look. I wasn't able to take pictures during this one, but I really need to. I don't know what to do with that information. So, Mort's a royalist. Yeah, <laughs> like it's not what I was expecting, but okay. I thought it was the queen anyway. I don't know. Maybe you'll find. <laughs> so smooches. We have a cheek kiss from Matthews and Claire. I don't think they kiss on the mouse. I don't think so either. And then the bloody hands. Oh yeah. There's like weird blood everywhere. Oh my God. Yeah. It gets all over the papers. It's on his head. It's just like in the, yeah, just everything's in there. Uh, yeah, the papers like fall into the cut. <laughs> You're like, what? Yeah, it was like unexpected. <laughs> totally normal. And then he like picks them all up. You're like, that's gross. Um, familial ties. So this is in Cabot Cove, and I guess Harry and Miles are old friends of Jessica's. So friend function. Mm-mm. So poor old Harry. Um, yeah, works not going the way he'd like it to <laughs> his love life is i would say on on the up because he has a cute girlfriend but then goes down because he maybe isn't as nice and he thinks that she's cheating on him so he is yeah there's it really varies depending on what minute you're at in the episode of where we fall on the friend function yeah that's true because i like by the end it's all gonna work out for him mm-hmm. but yeah i mean for part of it, it's really not good. <laughs> no, this is very low. If eyes closed, head shake. I said no. Did, uh, is that right? I didn't yeah, see any. I don't remember one. Okay. All right. Fave outfit, worst outfit. Ashley, what do you think? Um. So for fave outfit, I think I'm going to go with Jessica was wearing a wine colored like skirt suit with a matching blouse mm-hmm. and a floral pen pin. I really like that. Um, and I didn't really have a worst outfit. I guess the Prometheus robes, if I had to pick something, but that was more of a stretch just because I didn't like the vibe. Fair enough. Yeah. Megan, what do you think? I didn't really have like a favorite on it. I mean, the school uniforms weren't bad. That's a good but, point. Like, all the teachers' outfits I thought were like pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jessica had a couple. Of, okay, well, Jessica's red party dress. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I, th- I do think Jessica had some nice outfits in this. Yeah, episode. she looked fun. It was just the te- the teachers' outfits was just. There's a lot of herringbone with like a, a suede patch. Yeah, arm yeah. Thing. yeah. So much know. like beige, and I sometimes really like that yeah. look, but not. I don't know. Not today, yeah. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Not today. Glynis, <laughs> what about you? I really liked, I mean, I, Jessica had this sort of brown monochrome outfit. It was all like sort of like a deep brown and like a matching blazer skirt and shirt with a gold brooch mm. um, that was felt very of the time. And I just, she looked nice. Uh, she also had um, a beige blazer, white shirt, and brown like beads necklace, mm-hmm. beaded necklace that I thought was really nice at the end. Uh, least favorite, probably. Well, <laughs> um, I mean, now I've completely forgotten his name. Who's the bad guy that got killed? Ryerson. 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 His uh, jogging outfit. Yeah, I mean that's up there for me. <laughs> <laughs> pretty rough. That's fair. That's fair. Just- so I put for my worst outfits, I put all male outfits. <laughs> I just thought all the men, except for maybe Dr. Purcell, were dressed poorly. My favorite outfit was Sarah's beret that she wore sort of near the end. I thought that was super cute. But I also thought that Purcell's office was my favorite outfit. That giant fancy schmancy office with a active fireplace mm-hmm. i was like mm, i can see why they want that headmaster gig yeah <laughs> yeah get to live it here um biggest hunk megan what do you think thanks a lot <laughs> <laughs> i can go do you want me to go yeah all right um i was gonna pick uh sarah 
Dana Barron. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to feel weird about it if she was under 18 because I didn't really <laughs> want to pick like a yeah. youth. But now that you're saying she's 29, I feel better about it. But I mm-hmm. always, I think she's just really cute. And her hair is like perfectly 90s. It, she's so cute. And she makes yeah. the 90s stuff look not as yeah, bad. It looks as like how, I think how it was supposed to be worn, not like in some like weird body that I had when I was 12. Yeah, she even is at one point wearing brown lipstick, which I normally find yeah. inexcusable. And I was yeah. like, oh, actually, she's kind of pulling oh God, it off. Yeah, yeah. It was so popular then, too, you know? I mean, that's yeah. the only kind of lipstick I would buy. I was like, let's get this brown lipstick. I'm going to look gorgeous. <laughs> brown lipstick thing no but it was like the thing on your for your smooches (laughs) not great megan what about you biggest hug did you finally decided you want glennis to go next glennis can go next glennis what do you think i'm gonna go uh dana baron and megan if this helps i am also going sarah i do think she's too i'm torn i thought like you said he's 24 right colin yeah colin's not bad looking so Colin would go on to be on One Life to Live for a long time. Okay. Playing the, I believe, second iteration of Todd. Okay. So I don't, Todd is the like resident, like bad boy, but like could can be very bad. Oh, oh okay. Very handsome now. Yeah, yeah. Good looking. But bringing i would say a very similar energy to what he brings to this role so kind of a bit kind of sarcastic oh, yeah, he is cute. Of, yeah. Mm. so he when i watched one life to live so do you know dorian's niece blair i watched one life to live but i was not like like i know who dorian is but i'm not so Blair and Todd had like the will they won't they for like years and they have a daughter together called star. I don't know if you remember that, any of this, but um, Todd. Yeah. So but he, Trevor St. John was the actor portraying Todd for most of the time that I was watching one life to live. <laughs> That's such a perfect soap opera name. Trevor St. John. Yeah. Well, I was thinking the other day, I was trying to remember what the synopsis of, um, loves to loves to sing loves to dance by mary higgins clark was and i was like just i don't know who this was for but i was just trying to remember it like off the top of my head and all i could think of was like jennifer st john is a professional business lady and she has three (laughs) guys that are in love with her but she's busy and she sometimes has to eat campbell's soup for dinner but these three guys like one of them might be bad and her best friend like cindy Lacroix, gets murdered in the first time (laughs) i feel like i don't remember if that's any of the characters but i feel like that was a really accurate (laughs) (laughs) goes on the singles ads Yes, it's the Lonely Hearts ones. I mean, yeah. that one's a great one, Glennis, if you want to read it. Mary Higgins Clark, <laughs> highly recommend. Um, so what did you say? You said Trevor St. John was your biggest Yeah, hunk. Yeah, he was cute. Yeah, he's cute. Um, J.B. Burns. Glennis, did you have any J.B. Burns? I did. I did. Um, I had, so they're in class, and I think it's towards the end, and I can't remember like what they're talking about, but Colin like says something um and she just goes she's like well i guess then by accident we have talked about something wait wait. yeah (laughs) (laughs) i know what you're talking about i can't remember they had an exchange it was like someone didn't want to talk to her right was that it no no like he's answering a question in class in her class and then she just basically like rinses him for never answering anything or ever talking to her oh okay i got uh, you. i love it <laughs> it's like, wow. the three of us are like wow it's a real like thinker that one <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it made me like take like a beat because she like asks him a question like back and forth and then there's like something and she's like well then i guess we have talked about something and it's in front of the entire classroom and everyone's like Ah. is this the one where he says um when you said mary higgins clark i thought of the reference uh collins joan collins oh yeah 
where um, she says she was discussing like books are based on true stories or like real events or something like that. And then he's like, what do you think about Joan Collins? Do you remember that? I think, is that a different scene? Or did did he say Jackie? Jackie. It's Jackie. It's Jackie. Because because Jackie, although did Joan write any books? Because she's definitely, no, it's just Jackie. I don't, I can't remember. But anyway, it was an exchange where she had like schooled him about something too. Well, in the end, she was saying, oh, she used her knowledge of, the Hollywood scene to like write yeah. the Lucky yeah, exactly. San Angelo yeah, books. Yeah. And as yeah. we know, there's a cookbook available that right. we're all receiving right. as your Christmas present. <laughs> 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 I love Jackie Collins. <laughs> yeah. Megan, what do you think? Did you have, sorry, did you have any other JB Burns, Ashley? Oh, um, just I think Harry said this where he goes, one doesn't tap dance at this institution without acquiring some dancing skills. Mm. Oh yeah, that's or is that good. Ryerson? That's good. No, I think Harry Harry says I think that. Harry says it, right? Yeah, because we know the politics of St. Crispin's is just crazy. Wow, wowie yeah. zowie. Yep. I I love that nobody considers Claire for the headmaster role. Just throwing that out there. Um, yeah. Does she work there? We don't know. Right. She doesn't <laughs> that's actually a good there. point. <laughs> it is never confirmed. Yeah. No, you're right. Like they never then that means the only female teacher they have is Jessica. Hmm. <laughs> so let's just sit with that for a minute. Yeah. Megan, what do you think? Jamie like J.B. Burns? Or, oh, the only burn I could really think of was like, you know, when they're the Prometheus Club kids are bashing that, you know, not to worry, lowly one, like they keep calling it. Well, then the Irv Tripler, it's not a burn, but he's like, don't forget the rhyme, like, the creepers always creep in whatever he says like what is the school we never go into why people call avery nugent the creeper except that he's i guess walking around at night i mean the first intro to him is like him being so weird with like that cigarette in his mouth i mean i don't know yeah it's yeah so my J.B. Byrne links back to Irv Tripler. So what we haven't talked about really is that Irv Tripler's song that he wrote is called Love is Like This. And it's a piano piece mm-hmm. that Jessica and Frank loved. Mm-hmm. So she busts out the old record, which has a picture of Irv Tripler's <laughs> oh, hands yeah. on it. And they were saying, oh, Irv Tripler was known for having really long fingers. And Mort says to to joey mallow who's the guy who's been impersonating irv tripler no way those paws of yours can do that pal <laughs> i was like oh does he have little tiny hands or something we didn't get to see them <laughs> but i did think that was kind of funny okay so fave guest star ashley what do you think i want to go with ethan Embry. Because I honestly, when I saw those two at the beginning at the cold open, I thought, oh no, weird, weird teens again. And I have to say that I thought Ethan Embry and Dana Barron did a great job. So I think Ethan did a good job as playing a Cabot Cove teen. Yes, because he is the real Cabot Cove teen. Yeah. And actually, weirdly, our murderer wasn't a Cabot Cove guy. Mm -mm. So if it had been Harry, I guess it would have been. But anyway, Megan, what do you think? <laughs> yeah like it's weird because i do like this episode but they're all just like pretty annoying um yeah i'll go ethan Embry. he does a good job glennis what about you i, I mean i'm just laughing at making <laughs> no because i do really <laughs> like this episode it just makes it seem like i don't um yeah ethan Embry. i honestly yeah when i saw him i was just like oh Oh, it's him. Um, and yeah, it sent me right back to those 90s, 90s romps. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I put Dana Barron. Mm-hmm. I thought she was pretty cute. Um, yeah, it's hard to get behind any of these characters too much, but I mean, the portrayals are good. Okay, so Glynis's guess. Who'd you guess, Glynis? Do you remember? I guessed Avery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The creepers always creep in, right? So obvious. Just kidding. I'm totally kidding. It's not at all. I watched it again with Megan, and I was like, honestly, there would have been no way that I would have 
caught her little like furrowed brow when he's playing the first time or the fact that she's listening to it again and she's like yeah nice to listen to it for like a variety of reasons like there are these tells but I would have been over my head yeah well and I was trying to hint to Glynis around the the record being at the scene of the crime because I think that's the only link you have with Irv at all is that the record's there and it's not so much that it disappears but it's just so I was just saying to Glynis like what was there that shouldn't have been there? Because like, I don't have any idea what you're talking about. Which is sort of fair enough. Love is like this. I, because you said that, I was like, I just seemed like there was a dead body and a bunch of like crap everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And that's right too. There was a lot of crap everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And the zooming in of the record at Jessica's house, do you know that like tight close up? I felt like I was like, I don't know why they did that. So there's like little clues, but they were hard to find. And you're yeah, right, there was definitely. crap everywhere. Ashley and Megan, what do I have to tell you about the experience of watching this with Glitis? She seemed fairly engaged from what I could tell. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that meant that she liked it. Uh, she said laptop computer (laughs) (gasps) it's gone I'm kidding that's from the episode so far but still um I'll say she gave this a five that sounds right yeah Glynis what did you give this yeah I'd say a five okay the adult male teachers (laughs) and the and the female potentially teacher I don't know (laughs) Like just all troubling. Like these are people in their forties, <laughs> and she is, has a serious boyfriend, and he overheard something that was incorrect, and then she runs away instead of having a conversation with him. Yeah, like if that's the first thing, like you think to right. offer, like anything I can. I mean, I don't know. If she, it's very confusing. Well, he does sort of like, I take it. I think to a place she wasn't. Right. I, yeah, I didn't think she was saying like, I don't know. Well, she was basically being like, remember how we used to date? Like, come on. Like, you know, I know you're like a decent person. It's like, we've not seen this person do anything that's really very good. So, so Glynis, what was your favorite moment? I mean, I hated it, but I also loved it when he's drinking by the car. And he calls <laughs> okay. him, I, I wrote down the more of the quote that I thought, he said that there's not a huge demand for aging losers. And she's like, there's <laughs> other schools. Like, what? <laughs> like, and, and teaching is, uh, like, uh, you should, should be proud of that career. Like, how, how, it's not like he's been in Cabot Cove sort of doing nothing. Like, he's mm-hmm. at a very prestigious school. Like, I, I calling yourself an aging loser in that context, I mean, that's some, like, I don't know. No, it's weird. Know. Yeah. And it's like, Matthews, you're going to be fine. And then his loving partner comes up and is like trying to be reasonable and sensible. He's like, you don't get it. You're going to leave me anyways. And then he gets in the car and drives away and then presumably punches a wall. Like I just. Yeah. <laughs> we never did solve that mystery. No. And then he's just like delicately covering it up. He's like. I, uh, I might have, like, <laughs> oh, it's a while. <laughs> and then he goes, Mort, do you have a, do you have a, like, <laughs> better suspect than me? And Mort's like, not nah, really. Yeah, because, like, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ashley, a uh, point. Favorite um, moment. I think I'm going to give this, um, I think an eight. I like okay. it a lot and I like the little secret identity with the twist of the um mm-hmm. and my favorite moment is also uh Glennis's where mm-hmm. Harry is as I wrote on my notes slumped against the car in the school parking lot just <laughs> drinking out of the paper bag <laughs> in daylight and I was like I, I don't know what else is the melodrama with that whole scene was so high it made me laugh so okay so good Megan, yeah, exactly what Ashley said. Honestly, <laughs> eight and that part next to the car. 
You know what? We're going for the trifecta here because I would say exactly the same. I would say eight and him being an absolute hot mess by that car because it, it, we had taken such a turn in his personality for who going to be like this real like kind of stoic teacher to just getting absolutely annihilated by his car <laughs> in the car park. And like also, it's like funny because when I thought of this episode, I did say this to before we watched it. I was like, I'm worried we're in for a rough road here because we've got a lot of teens. <laughs> and when I thought of this episode, I said to this, I was like, I don't really like this one very much. But then actually when we watched it, I was like, you know what? I did enjoy this. And uh, particularly that bit. <laughs> Does anybody have anything else they want to add before we close out? No. Okay. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. And we hope you listen again next week. Bye. Bye.